the search of a missing girl leads detectives to a man who has an obsession with dolls. This is Twisted, Lauren You Podcast. And we're, we're not talking about welcome to the dollhouse. You are now listening to Twisted, a Law and Order SVU podcast where we recap and break down past episodes of Law and Order SVU. You can hear us out on Spotify, Anchor FM, WordPress, or in any other streaming service. And now, here's your host, Brian Mose. What's up, y'all? This is um, BD Rose, or you can call me Brian Rose. And welcome to Twisted, a Law & Order SVU podcast. So, by the way, my Law & Order SVU fans, how was your weekend so far, though? All right. Everything good? Well, you know, you know, I've been keeping myself busy and stuff like that, though. I mean, um, you were friends and all that stuff, though. I mean, um, I'm going to give you a recap of... Um, the Lord Order SVU, or in other words, I, I will recap episodes of Lord or SVU in chronological order. Nothing mixed though, and uh, I promise is I'm going to be quick. You know, no, not, not like you know, Best and Saver doing a quickie at the awards show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you watch the Emmys Monday night? I missed part of it because I was out. I, I was I was at home at that time. You know, I was just busy. Um, I was just busy with, at, at work at working, so um. But I cl- caught the clips on social media, stuff like that. Though, I saw the one, you know, I mean, you know, Christopher Maloney and Mariska Hargitay, they doing some sense of humor, and Benson and Stabler at the Emmys and stuff like that. I know they track a joke. They say that um, I remember one time they was at a table, and then they was gonna go go backstage for a quickie, something like that. So I don't know, man, because you know you you're hoping that they will get romantic, romantically involved, right? They're just giving us a tease and stuff like that, though. But I, but I promise you, no, I'm not gonna. I'm I'm just I'm gonna be uh, a little quick, though. I ain't I ain't talking about best and saving at the award stuff and, and going doing a quickie at an award show. I already said that before, anyway. Um. By the way, also want to let you know that um coming up on September 22nd is the um, three three hour Law and Order crossover event. And they're gonna have three Law and Order shows in, on one night, so they're gonna have Law and Order first, then SVU, then Organized Crime, and they're gonna be working together on this one big case. So, go and watch it though. I don't know if I'm gonna watch it because I'm gonna be busy, but I'll catch up with y'all. Now let's get to the episode. All right, so we're, this is Law & Order SVU, Season 4, Episode 7, Dolls. And it aired on NBC on November 8, 2002. It's written by Amanda Green. It's directed by Darnell Martin, right? So, the, okay, we the, the cold open, right? We got the two sanitation workers, right? Or, I mean, they work in um, 
they don't work for the city or anything like that though they work for some private company something like that um trying to um, get put all the garbage in the dumpster or something like that though oh by the way one of those um little garbage men is none other than manny spamboni of the electric company the reboot that is Okay, um, that happens to be actor Dominic Musa, and um, he played um, prankster Manny Spamboni on three seasons on the Electric Company, the new the, ele- the new Electric Company, the, re- the reboot that is, and um, he played a prankster Manny Spamboni, and then he, he and his rivals are like a superhero group called the Electric Company. But those who don't remember the Electric Company. It was a PBS show back in the 1970s that starred Bill Cosby, Rita Moreno, and Morgan Freeman. So, so, and then after that, the, the show got canceled in 1977, and there was more focus on Sesame Street. And the, the Electric Company wasn't rerun until 1985. And the Electric Company is like it has, it's like for graduates of Sesame Sesame Street, where they they know how to read and stuff like that, though. So it's like it's not the reading rainbow, you know what I'm saying? So, in 2009, they brought the show back, and they ran for three seasons. It's the re- it's the reboot version, and it was a bit different, but it still got Paul the Gorilla and the Shulawets. And, um, oh, I forgot to mention, I also mentioned that um, Letterman and Spider-Man was on the original, the, the original The Electric Company, and um, not the 2009 reboot. So, the 2009 reboot ran for, like, three seasons, and then it got canceled again. Shame on PBS. So okay, so okay, so um, so this actor Dominic he plays this um sanitation worker who works for some commercial dumpster thing though, so so I'm gonna call him Manny right. So Manny complaining that his girlfriend doesn't like him doing the sanitation shit, and then his co-worker said that she'll change her mind. She finds a diamond ring, and you know you know he knows that the thing it stinks, you know, but the smell is bad, but the cafe is good. Somehow, you know, the uh, the machine got jammed, the garbage got stuck, and we tried to pull the garbage and stuff like that, though. They found a body of a dead girl. And they, oh, and they could tell it because they got the hand was so gray and shit like that, though. So, next scene, Benson Stabler coming to the crime scene. And you check out Dr. Check out Detective Olivia Benson's hairdo. I mean, she got like uh, she got the um, Justin Bieber hairstyle before there was a Justin Bieber hairstyle, so it was 2000, 2002, So they don't know what they call it. So it's like a short bob or some shit like that, though. But it's like she had the um, pre Justin Bieber hairdo stuff like that, though. But her hair is short, but it's like bangs and stuff like that. So it was a pre Bieber haircut, I could say hairstyle. I don't know what it is though, but she was sporting around for most of the season with the um, Bieber hairstyle. So Spencer Slater are talking to a CSI guy, CSU guy, and they tell him that the little girl was raped and murdered though. And they go to the pile of garbage in the truck, and then they see the hand of a little girl, and they they discover some pieces of blonde hair on the hand. Like she fought against her attacker. 
And Vesif is like, well, she got a piece of her. Now we go through the opening credits and we in the war right now, you know, Dr. Warner says that she was there at the crime, who was there at the crime scene earlier, says that uh, she did examine the blonde hair. You know, it was a piece of blonde hair for some evidence, there's some evidence, but it turned out that the hair was synthetic, fake ass hair. Oh my goodness. So are, are, are they thinking it was like a, a killer with a wig or something like that? I don't know. But uh, Dr. Ward also said that um, she died probably several weeks ago and due, and due to the mummification, her body was kept in a cool place. So, um, and then she also says that she's going to send it to um, forensic anthropologist and um, somehow she checked the girl's teeth. You know, it says, is, is there any evidence? So they're going to investigate that thing out though. So we're in the squad room right now, and um, however that the little girl's murder hasn't been reported, so um, some somehow it's just that uh, maybe she was killed by a father or a relative, and they, they never reported to the police though. And Munch says that um, she they never know that the girl is missing or whatever, something like that though. And Craig was like, the garbage will tell, so um, he wants Munch and Finn to check the garbage and stuff like that though, and. Um, Cragen tells Benson Stabler that they, she went for a, a lab check and a picture. Says uh, the sooner we find a girl, the better. Okay, so we're in the forensic lab, and then we're talking to this forensic anthropologist. And check this out. It's, it's, Elv, it's Elvin from the Cosby Show. Meet Cherish Doe. But Jane Doe's not good enough? It's too impersonal. Cute little girl with brains deserves something better. Don't you think? Femur length, plus the lack of epiphyseal plate fusion, I'd say cherish can't be more than six. So were you able to get Prince still working on it? All right, that happens to be after Jeffrey Owens, right? And he played um, Elvin for several seasons on The Cosby Show. He played like Sandra's boyfriend slash husband, Elvin, and he'd been there for several seasons. And, um, and, I think it is his only appearance on SVU. I remember a few years ago, he was on the news saying he was working at the supermarket and one of the customers recognizes him and stuff like that. I mean, you know, I mean, he's not like some big Hollywood actor or anything like that. So, I mean, he's just trying to work a regular job just to get by, though. I mean, you know, he received notoriety by working at a regular job years ago. But don't call him a bun, though. I mean, he sometimes he's like ordinary pe- person. I mean... Ordinary people, they need to pay their bills. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so he plays this forensics dude that he said that he soaked the hands and then, oh, yeah, he t- also tells him that the girl, the the unknown dead girl, her unknown dead girl, her name was is Cherish Doe. So she believed to be like five, six, seven years old, and she got a pretty little face. So she, so the young victim is a special name because normally a female victim unidentified female victim they could be identified as jane doe and you got a lot of jane don'ts but this girl is named cherished dope because she's a child and she is so precious and stuff like that though so what he did was he he soaked the hands in this um fluid to get like um get firming um and he used some big words or some shit like that you know like soaking the hands and stuff like that though trying to get like a better print and all that stuff though 
Meanwhile, Munch and Finn is talking to Daniel Shunjata, and they have they have like like piles of garbage. So they're trying to figure out is there any nearby like coffee shops, burger, fast food burger joints, nail salons, etc. Right. So, however, this commercial dumper dumpster, right? It 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 don't do jobs past north of Ninety Sixth Street. But however, though, they found a location and somewhere in Harlem, which is like 123rd Street. So much does Finn go arrive at this uh, alley and then they go to the dumpster and much detective much finds a bloody red sheet in a dumpster. So they're going to use that as evidence, though. So next next scene, we're in the diner. Best and Stable are there. Much and Finn arrive. And... Um, they, they found out about the dead girl on the news. And Bester was like, how did they get it so fast? And it turns out, you know, they found um, ballistics and DNA and all that, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know what it is, something like that, though. So, yeah, but we're back in the squad room. And they're talking about the dead girl and about the dead victim about the news. And it turns out that the, the cherished doe probably was probably been... Um, it's, it's turned out missing. It turned out some guy, some some perp with a wig, have some have killed her, or some of them think that he's a cross dresser or something like that. Though, but it turns out that I mean, he have like a some white dude with some blonde wig, and uh, I don't know what it is though. I don't know what. So, however, though, Craig says that there's a candlelight visual for Cherish's Doe tonight. So. Next thing you know is that um, next scene though we're at the vigil, right? And they got the pastor speaking, and then and then, then um, Benson and Stabler they're in police uniform, and meanwhile the Munch and Finn they're inside the truck looking for the guy because they're thinking that the per that the perp will probably show up at the candlelight vigil, so Finn suspects a woman. Finn suspects a woman being um, suspicious in a video. She, she sees her looking around. So Finn comes out and he meets up with a woman and the mer- and it turns out that it turns out that the woman is a mother named Bylin. And check this out. If we have a we have a who's that girl? Now who's the actress that's playing Violet? I can't find my daughter. Okay, let's go to the front make a missing child right now. No no I, I don't want to here. Not tonight. When? I don't know when. I'm not sure when. Okay, what's your name? Violet Schmidt. I saw a chair stolen and I had to come in. She might be my, my little girl. She looks just like my Nina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happens to be actress Gloria Rubin. And she, she, she appeared on ER for the past uh, several years. And she also appeared in... Um, show I believe called um oh yeah I forgot what it was I think it was in, in Mr. Robot and currently she has a recurring role on City in the, on the Hill on Showtime and check this out though she is born in Toronto yes right she's Canadian born right so she plays um Violet the mother of Violet Tremaine and um she saw Jer- she and she saw George doing the news and she thinks she thinks it was a missing daughter Nina. So it turns out that Violet thinks the kid looks like her kid. So, anyway, so um, we're in part, we're in Act Two right now, and um, we're in the preset right now, and 
violence, talking to Finn in the conference room. He's, he's still in uniform and stuff like that, though. So she tells him that she just came back from upstate and um, she was in rehab. So she's not she's not she's not a crack at it or anything like that. Finn was like, I'm not judging you. So it turns out that uh, she spent like maybe like five months upstate in rehab and she didn't do any time stuff like that. She was in rehab though. She just came out though. And um turns out that her and her husband got into a car accident and her husband was killed and then she started having problems with her back problems with her back. So she took some painkillers and got hooked. Even though the right now the and then that got her hooked, that's in her rehab and right now she's like four months clean. So she couldn't she tell also tells Finn that she couldn't put Violet in a foster home. That means that means she will never see her see her again. So she left her daughter with a neighbor, right? It turns out to be Mrs. Hawkins. Right? So and she loved um, Nina and stuff like that though. Turns out that then when she starts um trying to get, get in contact with uh, Mrs. Hawkins and Nita, turns out that, that she was still in rehab and she couldn't like um make any phone calls. So instead she sent letters. And she, and then one day she got a return letter and then her phone was and the next thing you know the phone was disconnected. And she found out from another neighbor found out from another neighbor that Mrs. Hawkins has died. And and no one, and then no one would have, and, and then no one else, and then no one happened. And she and no one else will find, no one else find out what happened to Nina. So Finn talks to her, and he said that he'll take care of it, all that stuff like that, though. So yeah, so um, she don't want ATS to find out something like that, though. Now Finn says that he'll take care of all of this, right? Okay, so we're outside um, the squad room, and Munch has been doing a walk and talk, and um, Munch has doubts about this shit about that because he he's just saying that uh, maybe the mother is using Nina as a handout or something like that though, and he and Munch doesn't um and Munch doesn't believe Munch doesn't believe her because she's nothing but a junkie, and Finn tells her he's clean, and then he wants he takes he wants to take Munch with him to campus the scene. And um, next thing you know is that um, he shows out the bro- and then um, next thing you know, Munch decides to sit down, and then Finn was like, "Are you coming or what?" And then Munch was like, "How do you know? Her? How can you believe her? She's not a junkie. She not can you believe her? She's not even a real mother. She's nothing but a junkie." And then Finn pulls out a birth certificate. He was like, "I just pulled, I just pulled, I found pulled a birth certificate certificate myself. So get out of my face." And then. Then to the Saber come in, and Saber was like, love is quarrel. And Finn was like, it's going to be the domestic dispute with much doesn't get out of my face. So, turns out that um, Finn will, Finn will, that Benson will go with Finn to just the camp and stuff like that, though, while um, Saber and Much will take care of it. Speaking about much, so he's just being a damn jerk because he don't want to, he don't want to go and investigate with Finn, and then he decides to sit one out. And then when he sits, he sits one out though. He was like, "I'm not coming with you on the case though, because I'm doubt the woman's still a junkie." Hey, how racist you are, Munch! Yeah, you nothing but a damn Munchkin. Come on here, you know what I'm saying? Come on. Okay, so um, okay, so we're at, we're inside, we're outside the Mrs. Hawkins' apartment, and um, 
Finn and Benson, they talk to the landlord. Turns out, and the landlord tells them that she collapsed and died of a heart attack on her way home from the store. And um, next thing you know is that um, he opens the apartment. The place looks empty. And turns out that the... Um, that uh, Mrs. Hawkins' sister came by, and turned out the Salvation Army took all the furniture and stuff like that, though. And um, much, and then Benson and Finn ask uh, the landlord about the girl, saying, and they told the landlord that that's his problem, something like that, though. It turns out that the landlord sent the girl to ACS, Child Welfare, uh, yeah, Administration for Children's Services. You know what I'm talking about, though. And uh, so anyway, so the next scene. And in the next scene, you know, um, Finn and Benson talk to the ACS worker. All Nina could tell me was that her mother went away. Mrs. Tremaine didn't leave any names or phone numbers of any of her relatives. Under the circumstances, we had to classify Nina as an abandoned child. Nina's mother didn't abandon her. She voluntarily entered into a rehab program. Then she should have come to us instead of leaving her child with an elderly neighbor in failing health. We could have placed Nina voluntarily while Violet was away. Okay, so the ACS lady, I mean, she identifies herself as um Miss Preston, I believe. Yeah, I mean, she's following rules. I mean, she, you know, Miss Benson tells her that your agency doesn't make it easy for them, for for the, the for kids and stuff like that, though. And you know, the ACS worker, Mrs. Preston, says that Nina's better off in foster care rather than by being raised by addicts and stuff like that, though. And um. However, Finn says it uh, said Nina had, that Mrs. Violet has cleaned up her act, and somehow the ACS worker says that that's the course to decide stuff like that. Though, so ben, Detective Benson asked Miss um, Preston, I believe, where is Nina, and she's and then she responded that she can't release the information because because she's thinking that she, if they're going to send her an unauthorized visit to a daughter or something like that. So Finn takes her picture out of this little girl, tell him that. This girl, girl's been raped, murdered, and dumping some dumpster. Don't get in my way, lady. And then the ACDS worker says that she sent her to a woman named Thelma Price. Okay, so um, so Benson is able to talk to Mrs. Price in her apartment, and she, Mrs. Uh, Thelma Price, tells him Thelma tells him that the girl was trouble nonstop and is still always like, hyperactive and stuff like that, though. So. And Mrs. and then she says that she hasn't seen Nina for about a week and stuff like that though, and she also tells him that a white guy with brown hair came and took her though, and she also mentions that um, that Mrs. Um, Preston never made a visit. Visit. Oh, the ACS workers said that uh, she never made a visit. She's saying that some different white guy with brown hair took her something like that though. So. We're back in the ACS office, and then Sid and Finn and Benson blast they blast um, Mrs. Preston about her stupid ass work, saying because um, she was being irresponsible for Nina's case and something like that, though. And uh, <laughs> and then say she claimed, and then you know, though Mrs. Preston claims that she was there, and uh, and then when Mrs. Felma says that she didn't show up, and then. And then Mrs. Preston says that the woman's a liar. And then Finn was like, you're a liar. You're a fast liar, old lady. You do all the dumb shit like that, though, man. You should have been checked on her. And then Mrs. Preston, and then they walked out on her. And Mrs. Preston's like, look at all the, you don't you know all, all the paperwork I've been doing and shit like that, though? I mean, come on, I thought it would be all right. And Benson, Benson and Finn ain't buying her shit. You know what I'm saying? Come on, Benson and Toothlaw ain't buying her shit. You know what I'm saying? 
okay, so we're at this whole hotel right now, and um, and uh, Futuro is talking to Violet, or I can say Finn. I can say Finn, okay? So, and then they want to find out, and then Finn wants to ask her anything about her daughter's footprints and stuff like that, though. And he, sh- and then she shows them that um, they did some like finger pain and stuff like that, though. And this is Nina's hands, you know. It was like putting on like um, glitter and stuff like that. This is like some finger painting and stuff like that, or handprint. That's uh, that's that's our, that's part of her artwork and stuff like that, though. So we go to the lab right now, and Mr. Daniel Sanjada right here, right. So he um, uses the um, the girl's artwork and and uh, plus the um, hands of the dead girl. See if it met matches uh and need see if the nina is, is officially dead but when they go to the computer they discover that the um, the handprints and the dead fingers don't match so benson and finn discover that nina is alive oh so we're back in the squad room right now and um and then somehow you know they did talk about this guy saying that it was an acs worker came and took the, um, the Nina or the dead girl, something like that, though. So, however, though, um, Cragen comes out saying that Cherish Doe's real name was Susie Marshall. And so, so it turns out that the um, perp probably killed her and probably kidnapped Nina some way, though. I'm not sure about that, though. So, Cragen did some research and did some background checks and stuff like that. So, it turns out, you know, I mean, the girl that cherished always will be able to be Susie Marshall. So we're in this um, Mrs. Marshall's apartment somewhere on the Upper West Side. And um, the detectives, they talk to Susie's grandmother, right? And um, she, I know, she's devastated about her loss of grand, her granddaughter. And she blames it on her junkie daughter named Ronnie, something like that, though. And... Um, Next, you know, she also mentions that a man from child welfare took Susie away. Oh, so it's probably that the same guy that probably took Nita from Felma. Damn. So, and we're in the second half of the story right now, and we're in the squirrel room, and they just thinking that the 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 that um the you know the perp used uh, the uses the size of itself as a social worker as a cover. So he, he going around saying he want he's from ACS and or social working he wanna take their child away, but he's using it as a front to kidnap these girls and shit like that though. So however though though, I mean um they want violent uh, they want violent up here to find out get like find out about this um girl named Ronnie, something like that though. So so I mean, so anyway, though Violet is there, some and then they showed her pictures of a woman, of a woman with a they had show they showed her a picture with a woman with a scar on her face, and that's right on the side of her lip, and Violet recognized her at a and narcotics and a meeting, and NA stands for narcotics narcotics Amanus for short though, right, so. It turns out to be like Ronnie and stuff like that, though. So, and then, however, though, I mean, outside the uh, you know, interrogation room, Cabot doesn't want violent. She don't want violent involved in the cr- criminal investigation, though. 
Cause I mean, and then they only, I mean, that's their only chance to do. So she get in contact with uh, Nina, the missing girl, Nina, who turns out to be actually missing. And they thinking that maybe that the killer probably got her. I don't know though. So, however, though, it turns out that um, Cragen tells Finn, you know, just to um, yeah, don't disclose your identity to stuff like that. In other words, just keep 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 an eye on Violet. That's what Cragen tells him. All right, so we're at this narcotics anonymous meeting, and um, Violet is telling all her other other people who attended at the meeting just to find Rodney stuff like that though. And um, one of the guys saying that it's like a waste of time. It's like a big risk and stuff like that, though. But Violet is looking for relieves that her daughter is missing and some guy must have taken her and all that stuff, though. So next thing you know, there is this brother. He stands up. He walks out. Finn follows him. And then in, outside the hallway, Finn asked um, the guy, why you so spook? Listen, and then the guy was like, I don't want to talk about it or something like that, though. So and and, and then... Uh, uh, he asked him, do you know Ronnie, anything like that, though? And he shows her a picture of me. I don't know what you're talking about, though. I mean, and Finn tells him we never talked. I mean, <laughs> oh, my goodness. So um, he 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 remembers Ronnie because he and her used to share needles together back in the days and stuff like that, though. So Finn, I mean, he didn't disclose himself as a cop, though. I mean, he was like, never talk. I mean, can you say something better like I'm a cousin of Violet or something like that, though? And uh, I know uh, the guy, he don't even want to trust the police. So, I mean, he's so scared that um, he might snitch on Ronnie. He might kill him. I don't know what it is, something like that, though. All right, though. Um, so, so this guy at the meeting says he and Ronnie got high together. Not share needles. Uh, excuse me. I, I don't mean share needles. I made a mistake. Did I say share needles? Oh, my goodness. Slip in the Kung tongue. So, um, actually, the man and talks to Finn, tells him that him and Roddy used to get high together at this lounge back, some like back in the days, maybe, maybe about, maybe like recently and all that stuff, though. So, 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 anyway, so, um, I made a mistake. So, sue me. I made another boo boo. Yeah, I'm not like Yogi Bear and boo boo, something like that, though. And let me make another correction. It turns out that, um, that the commercial dumpster company, they dump stuff north of 96th Street. Not, I said not, so my bad. You know I mean, I need to put my soap in my mouth, though. I mean, wash me and shit like that, though. Okay, so we're at the lounge right there. And, um, and then Finn and Benson, they talking to the guy who works at the lounge, or probably the owner. And you see this woman, she comes out here, started her job, and she's getting ready to change and stuff like that, though. And the guy's carrying um, beer. And the guy says that, that um, he knew he knew he knew Roddy because I mean she be hitting on them drunk guys and stuff like that though, or he calls them a new term it's called leggers or something like that though. So he tell he tells the detectives that um, he threw Ronnie out after she called him. She he she called her and another guy getting high in the bathroom and stuff like that though, and then. She always be flirting around with some drunk ass guys and stuff like that, though. So there's this bar patron, and, and then he 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 a Jake, he a, he a nigga. And then next thing you know, he says that he used to ha- he used to fuck Ronnie around back then, recently, something like that. But not in not in the lounge, but out there in the alley. 
And um, and then and it turns out that, that Roddy was somewhere at woman's woman's shelter. And somehow, you know, a guy like him, he wasn't even invited, though. I mean, they don't even allow guests at a woman's shelter. So anyway, we're at this woman's shelter right now. And um, it's like late at night. People are sleeping in the beds and Munch and Munch, I know uh, Finn, excuse me, Finn and Violet, though, they come out here with the flashlights looking for Ronnie, stuff like that, though. Now, until they, guess what? They found Ronnie. I mean, she really found asleep and stuff like that, though. So, she herself, Ronnie wakes up and, um, you know, Violet and Finn are there, Benson are there, and then she tells them that she's looking for her daughter, Nina. And then she, Ronnie was like, you give me 20 bucks, I'll tell you all, give you all you want. And Finn was like, don't be playing on games, lady. We're looking for um, Violet's daughter named Nina, stuff like that, though. And it turns out that um, Ronnie, she doesn't give a damn about, and, and they also told her that her daughter, Susie, has died, and Ronnie was like, she better off. <laughs> turns out that um, Ronnie doesn't give a damn about her daughter, Susie. So, However, speaking about Ronnie, though, I mean, um, she had Susie from a relationship with her ex-boyfriend who was like, he's now deported back to Jamaica. And, um, you know, and uh, Violet's uh, husband was killed in a car accident. So, so this, that's, I mean, that's one dysfunctional family right there. And I'm not talking about married with children and stuff like that, though. Okay, we're back at the precinct right now. And Finn... Once tells Ronnie, Ronnie's locked up and stuff like that, though. And um, Finn asks Ronnie for the description of the killer. And um, she doesn't know anything because I'm no, she's probably on drugs and, and she's probably in some kind of um, say what you may call it. I mean, withdrawal. I don't know what it is, something like that, though. And Ronnie's right behind bars and stuff like that, though. So later on, um, Finn is right there. We have uh, Ronnie, Violet. And and Felma are there, and they try to figure out that's this guy who worked for, um, yeah, who, about the guy who claimed to be working for ACS or a social worker trying to to pick up Susie and um, Nina, and turns out that um, Ronnie and Violet met this guy at this community center, right? And um, Velma was like, "I play bigger over there." Damn, I mean, she probably um, they probably um, Ronnie and uh, Ronnie and Violet has um probably take probably taking their kids to some community center and all that stuff. So, all right, so um, we're at a community center and um, detectives they talk to this worker and turns out that um, they they, they and she knows a guy named uh, Terry and he worked there but quit like a few months ago. Plus, he also has a doll collection also. Hmm. No, that's that's something about that though. Now, yeah, and then and then next thing you know is that we're inside um Terry's apartment. They bust in that his the, his apartment. His place was empty. However, though, Finn and Benson find a picture of Susie, in in in, in the apartment. So it's like sort of like a Terry had took off. That's one thing. All right, we're back at the the precinct right now, and Doctor Wong says that Terry has a lot of guilt, you know, having 
and then he has a he has a dog collection, and then he has he's suffering from a lot of guilt, and um, he he and then what he does is that um, he be dressing up his, the girls in doll outfits and have sex with them, and then when the doll gets too old, he murders them that like or disposes them by killing them, and uses like a new little girl. So, and check this out, he Cherry has an obsession with dolls and stuff like that. And they go into like Terry's background. Turns out that her mother slept with a lot of men, and then she was like, uh, his mother was trying to be probably uh, abusing him and try seducing him and abusing him when he was a child. So that's like um, that's like an ingredients for a serial killer or something like that, though. So now, however, though. We um here comes Daniel Sanjata. He brings in a box full of um, dolls and stuff like that, and he tells him that it's his doll collection. And then Forensic got he it's a doll collection, right? He has a bunch of dolls. It's like a it's, he has a doll collection. He tells him he got this from this store, this toy store somewhere or something like that, though. So we're at this toy store right now, and the guy who works at the toy toy store says that Jerry called in recently about doubt purchase from a doll or something like that though so finn was like you need to call this terry over and tell him and okay so the guy agrees you know just call terry and tell him that his thing is ready something like that though so later on um, we at the store though here comes terry right and he coming here with his little green t-shirt and stuff like that though and um and the worker tells him that there has been a little mis- um, emergency doll is broken and stuff like that. And he just, he wanted that doll. So the worker offers him a different doll, something like that. And he'll take it though. And next thing you know is that he steps out the store and you know, the detectives track him down to this um, place somewhere with the fences. And it looks kind of like some power plant, something like that. I don't know what it is though. And next thing you know, Terry's inside this place place taking out the doll and then here come the svu people they come and make their move and they arrest and they arrest terry yeah and they ask him where nita is he said i ain't telling you shit and then they just take him back back to ask back to the precinct so we're back at the precinct right now and finn wants to talk to the terry or something like that though but dr Wan says nah 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 we need someone who has experiences with dolls and stuff like that though i mean he needs like um something like something relatable, something like that though. So it turns out to be Detective Benson. So we're in interrogation and um Benson and Finn talk to Terry and um Benson gets all nice to him saying that she used to collect dolls and stuff like that though. And Finn was like, I had like a G.I. Joe collection. Oh, he Finn was like into action figures and stuff like and then Terry Terry replied, Those are action figures. So it turns out Terry is not into action figures. He's into dolls and stuff like that, though. So um, Terry tells him that um, he witnessed. Uh, um, he, he says he said that uh, he likes Susie and all stuff, and that Susie like his dolls and stuff like that, though. But however, though Susie was like that she wanted to go home, and then he got mad, and. Um, Terry also mentions that um, he um, he he liked Nina because he saw her arguing with her mother, so he decided to take Nina in 
and she, she thinking that um, Violet is a bad mother or something like that though. So they ask her and uh, about where Anita is, and Terry was like, "I don't want to be tricked in the." F- Come on, this is some being little setup and stuff like that. Come on. However, Violet comes in the precinct, and Violet says that she wants to see the the perp who took Nina, and uh, they had to be about talk a bit talk about that. I mean, that's gonna be a little bit risky or something like that, though. However, Violet is willing to talk to Terry, so we're in interrogation room again, and um, and then Violet starts talking to Terry. She introduces herself, and um. And then he talked to her and she tells him that she's clean and then and Terry remembers her because he seen her arguing with uh, Nina and stuff like that. And he wanted to take Nina in as like a father or something like that though. And then Father was like, She's clean. And then she tells him the he tells him about everything everything about Nina. She wants him she want she wants her back. Nina's a good girl. Yes, she is. I'm a good mother. Do you love her? Yes. With her gone, it's like a knife in my heart. Okay, so um, Terry feels um, sad about it and he thinks about it. And he tells Violet that he has another place. So they don't they don't disclose where the other place is. So turns out that um, Finn Stabler and um, Livia bust into the guy, Terry's other apartment. It's no furniture around, just a sink and stuff like that. But however, though Finn goes to this area, he finds a trap door, and the trap door leads into the basement. And it's so dark in there, and he uses a flashlight. And he looks for Nina, and um, eventually you know, he finds a doll, and he finds Nina, who was like blindfolded. So Finn tells her that he's a tells Nina he's a cop, and luckily, guess what? The girl is alive, but barely breathing though. And then, then she says she wants her mommy, and Finn was like, "Come on, I'll take you to your mommy." Outside the apartment, you know, that's um, Finn delivers Nina to Violet. And she's happy, and she thanks him, and the episode ends right there. So, and so it turns out that um, this uh, perp had like a doll exception, and then he takes pictures of these um kidnapped girls dressing them in dolls. You know, it's like it's like a sexual fantasy. So it turns out, in other words, that um. The, the the missing girls are used as dolls before they get um, disposed. This is a sick episode, so that's it. Yeah, well, that was a good episode of SVU on season four, and um, hopefully, it's just um, hopefully, I mean, I hope you like the twists and the turns and stuff like that. Though, I mean, I'm telling you, girl. Um, deaths of missing girls and stuff like that and dressing up in dolls and stuff like that though what kind of sick freak does it though okay so anyway um i also want to let you know that um enough much i want to talk about so i just want to let you know that um 
on Thursday, September 22nd, there's going to be a, a three-hour Law & Order crossover event. It's going to have three shows. You, the, the regular Law & Order, SVU, and Organized Crime, they're going to team up for one case, though. It's a, and it's a, like a three-hour telemovie, something like that. It airs, starts at 8 p.m. Thursday, September 22nd. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm gonna miss most of it though because I'm gonna be working like a damn slave. But I mean, just just watch it, all right? If you have a DVR, or you have Peacock, go check it out. You know what I'm saying? If you have Amazon Fire Stick, go check it out. All right. Oh yeah, by the way, and then I just wanted to give a shout out to my friend, um, the Hebrew priest um, called um, Korazala. He um, passed away last week, so. And I wanted to attend the funeral, but I didn't have the time because it was like a last minute thing. But he's in, um, he's with the most, most high right now. He's in a better place. So I just want to send my condolences to a friend of mine and a brother who passed away. He's a Hebrew priest. Allah. So, um, and, uh, and anyway, so rest in RIP. Rest in peace. R.I.P. So, I want you to thank y'all for listening in. And you can listen to Twisted, a Law & Order SVU podcast on Spotify or Anchor FM and WordPress and Google Podcasts, wherever you have podcasts available, okay? So, this is B.D. Rose, and I'll be back next week in a new episode, right? Hey, have a blessed week. Hey.